This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. Looking forward to a career as a writer, perhaps scripting a TV series, or maybe a blockbuster movie? Well, what about those robots that are getting better and better at writing? Or those Hollywood labor problems that are seeing writers on picket lines instead of writing? Kay Oliver is a professional writer and is not discouraged. What explains her optimism? She joins us on Biz News Interviews to offer tips for the next superstar writer. Kay, would you start by telling us what is it that you do? I currently am an author of mostly historical fictions, and my latest book was on a inspired by a true story, an uplifting true story. So I'm a writer. So how did you get started? You putting pen to paper or fingers to keyboards? It was pen to paper back then. Uh, I started in the sixth grade. They had a speech writing contest, I know. And I wrote it and I won second place only because the teachers were convinced my parents had written my speech. And I said, no, they never did, but they didn't believe me. And at that point, I kind of knew I had a passion for writing. And then I went into the movie industry, you know, writing there. So um, having complete control over your story, which you can do as an author, uh, is very pleasing to me. Well, with artificial intelligence, and we won't say your parents were an early version of that. uh, (laughs) They were Even, not. They, they were not, I'm sure. Uh, but it's at its infancy, we can say now. But even at that, artificial intelligence is being used to write stories uh, for newspapers and memos and perhaps homework as well. Uh, what future do you see for human authors? Well, the things that you mentioned are black and white topics, right? to write a book on how to use a keyboard, how to build a a missile, whatever it is, that's black and white. It doesn't come with emotion. It doesn't really have the human element. What I have seen, and I have played around with AI, is one, it doesn't talk in an author's voice. People pick up books and stick with certain authors because they like the author's voice. Two, it's kind of flat. It doesn't really um, give you the emotions and the things that's going on in someone's brain while they're living the instance that they're having. So as an author, you add that, you can say, you know, she was disheveled and her brain was, you know, going 30 million miles per hour kind of thing. It really doesn't bring that to the element of writing a a novel or fiction. Would would you think the current writers' strike and perhaps future writers' strikes might add pressure to get uh, AI more involved in writing? Um, as someone who's a Hollywood insider, I have always seen the technology and how it's changing everything. And I have said for the years that I've worked in it, there's going to come a time and a place you don't need an actor or an actress. Um, because you'll be able to develop them on screen. We're not there yet, but that is a very strong pers- a possibility. 
um, for writing, you know, it's it's going to lose something because, you know, a lot of things that we film, my films that I've directed, I will tell you, the best scenes are the ones you never planned on where someone trips or someone says something they're not supposed to say or do something they're not supposed to do. Uh, and you grab that and you use that. AI doesn't have that. You know what I mean? That's going to be missing those things that make the movie really live. Uh, serendipity is a great thing, and we hope it still works for humans in the future. But how can we humans keep up with AI, especially in the writing professions? You can use uh, AI as a source, maybe, to give you ideas and figure things out. But to really reach readers in my specialty or viewers, if I am writing a script and producing a movie, um, you really have to have that element of human connection. And I personally believe that it wouldn't be there with just AI. So using it as a tool to maybe give you ideas is one thing, but to solely rely on it, especially in its stage right now, I it, you're gonna not get people wanting to see what you have or read what you write because it's not your voice. It's not human, it's still mechanical. You must have uh, some very personal feelings about the current strike, which seems to have no end in sight. Tell us about that. Understandable. Okay, so, you know, they used to get residuals, you know, writers or when shows would air repeatedly. Now those are gone with streaming because streaming claims they can't track it. I don't know why they can't track it when televisions can track it, television stations. But if you take the top five or six CEOs of the big studios, and you just take their bonuses away, those multi-billion dollar bonuses, you can pay people. And I'm not even talking about all the upper management at studios. I'm just talking about the top five or six whose bonuses are over 220 million a year. Who, what are they doing to earn $220 million a year? I'm gonna say the same thing in sports. I'm not sure where that is the, you know, the value versus pay. Uh, when they say, oh, it's gonna cost us $800 million to pay these writers and these actors, you can get that out of the first six or seven top CEOs out of studios. We, we, we can't, well, my goodness, we, we can't have them uh, out on the street uh, yeah. begging for food, can we? <laughs> um, yeah, right, exactly. They're those three houses they have in Malibu and the one back east and the one across yeah, the island that they own. No, that would be tough. <laughs> well, where do you fit into the future of writing for Hollywood? Are you, uh, do you have scripts in progress or, or what is the process? Yes, my latest book, Road to Elysium, thank you for asking, uh, has won several uh, first place awards. And that one has been scripted and is with my agent now being shopped. So um, Road to Elysium is a very Hollywood style movie because obviously I have that background. So, um, you know, I write with that intent. Hey, everybody wants to be uh, successful in in whatever the industry is. In this case, we're talking about writing for, for Hollywood. 
but very, very few people get to that level of success. What did you have to overcome, have to learn to get to where you are now? Um, well, first of all, being a female in Hollywood, you've seen the news lately of what some of us women have put up with. So it was learning how to have a very thick skin. Um, one of the things I will do is go to, to high schools and talk to students about coming into Hollywood. And, you know, I was very fortunate, Lloyd Thaxton, I don't know if you know who he is, but he was a producer who, who uh, took me aside because I was going to quit. <laughs> I, I, my first step in Hollywood, I was like, oh, that is so not me. I am straight, honest, forthgoing, friendly to everybody. I don't see people on different levels. Um, and he said, no, you'll do fine. You know, just you don't have to change. You don't have to become these people who are screaming or yelling or going off and doing things or accepting things. Just know other people will pass you by because they accept it. And, you know, maybe go up the ladder faster, but you're going to, you know, put your head on the pillow every night, knowing that you're doing what's best for you. So just letting my creativity flow, keeping my own creativity um, can be a little hard. You can get sucked up in Hollywood if, if you're not well-grounded when you enter. So I have always uh, give that advice to people who are trying to get into Hollywood and become a big celebrity. I'm, I'm not uh, into fame. I have seen the drawbacks of fame. And I think they outweigh the perks. <laughs> so that's just my personal opinion. Well, well, there there goes that sweet parking spot at the studio for you. <laughs> you know, I had some pretty sweet parking spots. <laughs> yeah, you, that's okay. I'll walk. I need to exercise. <laughs> you, you have worked with a lot of people who want to be better writers. Uh, and I suspect that might be uh, a pretty good thing to be doing. You don't do it out of the kindness of your heart, I suppose, but you might make a buck or two at it. So how can people get in touch with you to find out what you can do to help them? Well, I have a blog on my website uh, about writing tips. And um, my website, I guess I can say it right now, if that's okay. Absolutely. It, it's it's my name with my middle initial. So it's K-A-Y-A-L-O-I-V-E-R-K-A-Oliver. Dot com. And I actually have an ongoing blog about writing. I wonder, uh, before we conclude, could you give us a, two or three of the top tips, the things you find that people really must know? Yes. You must know you have to write. <laughs> so how many people come up to me and say, I have this great idea for a book. Have you sat down and started writing it? Well, no. Okay, so nothing's going to happen if you don't carve out even 15 minutes in a day to start writing. Never stop at the end of your day of writing, at the end of a sentence, at the end of a paragraph, and definitely not at the end of a chapter. Stop in the middle of a sentence. Why would you do that? <laughs> I know you're going to ask, because your momentum's going. And so when you sit back down, you go right back into that momentum and continue to write. And then third, just write, meaning don't worry about the edits, don't worry about misspellings. Uh, I'm a Virgo Virgo, so that's very difficult to do. I want everything perfect the first time around. Novels aren't made in the first draft. They're made in edit mode. So when you go to edit, that's where the great novel comes from. It doesn't come from the first draft. Do you have to hire an editor or can you 
edit yourself. You can edit yourself, but since I have a TV background, that's not going to work for me. Because when I came in, I started in the news industry and I learned how to read over everything that's typed in correctly. <laughs> um, but I would always say that if you're doing everything yourself, you might need other opinions. And uh, for instance, Ro Tulisi in my book was my first lead male character. Well, you can see I'm female. So I wanted to really make sure that I wasn't writing a female voice for my male character. And I hired a literary agent who was male. And I specifically said, make sure that, you know, this reads like a male would talk and speak and do. And uh, he didn't have many corrections, but it was nice to know that uh, he looked at it for me that way. Hey, you have been very generous with all sorts of ideas and tips. But what would you like to uh, talk about that we haven't gotten a chance to ask you? Oh, wow. That's a question. Um, I guess I could just do a quick little review that uh, how I come up with my stories. Normally, uh, they're questions um, that I've come up with myself. That's how I started my first book called uh, Disturbed Tunes. I was wondering why it's okay to dig up every ancient tomb we find, but we keep our graveyards as holy places, right? Don't touch anybody there. And out of that question came a fictional novel as to what could possibly happen if we're disturbing their peace. Uh, Road to Elysium, completely different, was a topic on a news channel, one of those topics at the end of the day that leave you uplifted. And I went in to find out about it because I thought it was great how this young man was bold enough to ask a stranger to help him and where that led and nobody had written anything about it. So I took that on. Uh, it's something that people should know about. It's a very uplifting story and I really like it. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching. Thank you.